Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, amen. Today we're going to continue with part three of our relationship series called Some Assembly Required. And I just want to say off the bat that uh, the messages that we've preached the last two weeks are available on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or just Google it. You'll find that, I'm sure. Uh, But we really want to make sure that you have these tools and resources available to you beyond just today. And so that's why we find it important to let you know that and to remind you. Last week, if you were here with us or you track along on the podcast, you know that we talked about boundaries, right? We spoke about the importance of boundaries and we said that there were three levels of control. Uh, The first being direct control and direct control requires responsibility. In other words, remember the example of the hula hoop? Right? Whatever's in your boundary is your responsibility. You have direct control over those things. What is in your hula hoop? What's in your boundary? We said your emotions, your feelings, your decisions, your actions. These are all things you can't point the finger at anyone else for. But we said that these are within your direct control. Therefore, it requires your what? Your responsibility. The second thing we talked about was indirect control. And indirect control requires influence. In other words, it's not within my hula hoop, but I can influence the situation in a positive way, of course, and we can nudge it to a certain outcome. And then thirdly, we said that there's no control. And no one likes that, but no control requires trust. No control requires you and me to trust. And hopefully if you're a believer today, that trust is you, obviously in God. That we're not just trusting in some whimsical thing or idea, but our trust is rooted in God. And we say, Lord, you are in control because I'm surely not. And so that was last week as we touched on boundaries. And um, next week we're going to speak about um, conflict Uh, We're going to see if there's a biblical approach that we can take to conflict. So uh, if you don't come next week, I might have to confront you. Um, I really believe that we can't talk about relationships and not talk about how do we deal with conflict. Husbands and wives, parents and children, co-workers, people. How do we coexist if there's friction? And so that's going to be next week. But today... We're actually, you see the chairs set up behind me, Um, we're going to be actually answering questions that the church has been asking all week long in regards to relationships. And let me just share with you the goal of today, right? There are things that you can learn by your experience, and on the way to church, I remember Priscilla and I were having conversation with our children that... Um, mistakes happen. No one's perfect. Yet, we need to learn from our mistakes. So, there are things that we learn in life from our mistakes and from our experience. But I want to give you another idea that's probably wise as well. Is that you could learn from others. You could learn from others. And the idea is, 
You can take three hours and read a book if you're a speed reader like my wife. If you're like me, it takes you like three years to read one book. But the reality is you can read a book in one sitting and glean a lifetime of, of information that took the author 40 years plus to learn. Hear me today. So, I, you know, you might say, oh, Q&A, I don't want to, I don't care. I came for a, a preaching, a message. Listen, I pray that you lean in just as much today as you lean in when I'm preaching or someone is standing here preaching. Why? The goal of today is for you to glean wisdom and to learn from experiences that maybe you've never made and that you don't have to make. Why? Because you're going to learn today. And, and so we're trying to answer questions. And um, I just want to share some scripture to set the framework for wisdom and what we want to share. Proverbs 3.15 says, wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom. Another translation says, if you lack wisdom. Some of us lack wisdom in the area of relationships, perhaps. But if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. In other words, when we get an understanding of how short this lifetime really is, we're going to want wisdom and we're going to want it as much as we can get it. So today, this is the goal of why we're doing Q&A. It's you have questions and we're going to do our best as pastors along with our wives to answer them. So can you give a warm Weston welcome to my wife Priscilla? Pastor Miguel and Tasha, as we come. My wife just whispered to me and she said, do we have individual mics? Unfortunately, you have to share with me. And then Pastor Miguel is going to share with his wife that mic. Um, but we do have some questions um, that obviously we, they were submitted ahead of time, but I'm going to start with one that was not submitted ahead of time. Uh, and I'm just going to ask, I won't put my wife on the spot. I'll, I'll ask Pastor Miguel to answer first. What's one thing you love about Tasha? <laughs> Only one? Okay. Um, uh, the one thing that I really love about my wife is her selflessness. She sac for me to do what I do, what you see Sunday, Friday, throughout the week and everything, she sacrifices a lot so that I can fulfill the calling that God has on her lives. So her selflessness, her sacrifice, that's what I really love about her. Awesome. Pass the mic over to Tasha. And the question for you is, what is one annoying thing? <laughs> oh, God. Just one? Okay. <laughs> Oh, gosh, what an annoying thing. Um, <laughs> you guys are going to get a real insight on him. Okay, one annoying thing is probably when he never lets me finish. <laughs> he interrupts me when I'm mid-sentence mm. and finishes the sentence. I know a lot of people like it. I don't. I like to talk, so I, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Got you. One, I'm going to ask myself the question, and then, Priscilla, you get the second question. Uh, one thing that I love about Priscilla, I'm glad you asked, um, it's that she, 
she just like Pastor Miguel said about his wife, she's selfless. She will put everyone else before herself. And um, I, I see it mostly on display in our home. You probably see it and notice it when we're here at church. But if it's true of her at church, how much more is it in the home? And um, just she, she hustles. She doesn't stop. She gives. And if you could picture your gas tank and it has that gauge, the needle, she, she goes until she's on empty. The way I know that is because by 9 o'clock I could see her like fading on the sofa sometimes. And uh, I just want to say that I love that about you. You're very selfless. And I think we had this question last time we did Q&A. So the answer would be, um, it's just sometimes it takes them a little bit longer to get things accomplished. You know, yesterday was Saturday. So Saturday was when we do groceries, cleaning, all of that. So I think, I, I don't know if it's just my husband, but multitasking is not his forte. So I think, you know, if we could work on that, that would be, that would just make things a little bit easier. I see some nods. I, I do. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. If I can add something, since I'm our moderator, is uh, I believe, and I speak for most men in the room possibly, that you, we, we're not good at multitasking, we're good at focusing. So we focus on one thing. We can't multifocus, and we can't multitask. All right, I think we need to pray as we get started. And... Um, And I honestly, like, we just, we're breaking the ice um, here, if you can't tell. But we want to pray and just ask God's blessing on um, what we share in terms of answers to questions. Um, you know, envision us sitting around a living room today. This is more the heartbeat of the conversation. And uh, we want to honor God, obviously. We're going to honor one another. But we really want to release wisdom from things that we've learned in life uh, and also through God's word. So let's pray to that end. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room today, each and every one of us. None of us are excluded from relationships. And, and Lord, I just pray that in our dealings with one another, um, Lord, whether they're people within church, within the home or at work or at school, Lord, that you would give us the heart of wisdom, that we would understand how we should engage with one another. And God, I pray that uh, whatever is spoken from this platform would honor you and your word and would honor one another. I thank you for what we've learned through the years. And I pray, Lord, that it would be very helpful for people in the room today and a great reminder as well. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, all right, so here are starting with the questions now that we uh, received this week. And uh, really, I'll just open it to whoever wants to start. And if someone wants to add on what's been said, um, you're free to do that. So uh, the question came in and said, I've heard that it's a lot of work. Relationships are a lot of work. But what are the blessings of being in a relationship? It's a lot of work. But what are the blessings of being in a relationship? So we can answer that meaning in friendship relationship or as husband and wife and, and as things take off that way? I think a, a blessing in doing life together with other people is the fact that when you go through a rough patch, because they will happen, you don't go through it alone. And if you have the right people, if you're surrounded by the right people, when you're wrong, <laughs> 
they'll tell you in a loving way that you're wrong and they will help you grow. So that's a blessing. You may not like it at the time, but when you're doing things with other people in any relationship, your friendships, your spouse, doesn't matter who it is, if you're surrounded by the right people, when you're wrong in a situation, they'll lovingly tell you that you're wrong. They won't, let you, they won't be yes people. And that's a gauge maybe to see who really are your friends and what your relationship are like. I'll just say from my, my personal experience, some of you might know this, some of you might not. When I met Priscilla, like when I say met her, I knew her, but I didn't uh, let her know I was interested quite yet. But I had negative $1,000 to my name. And I, basically, I borrowed $1,000 from my dad. I said, I'm going to Toronto, and um, I needed some money. <laughs> and uh, I knew that I was going to tell her that I liked her because we had been talking a little bit. But the blessing of being in relationship, as Pastor Miguel said, it's like there were good things already in my life that were instilled when I was young, but money, for some reason, wasn't one of them. And one of the blessings about this relationship is it caused me to grow up really quickly in this area of finances, where it's like, yes, I'm still a generous person, and I've always been, so money, easy come, easy go for me. But I had to learn that, hey, if we have to build a future and a life for ourselves, I need this challenge in my life. My, at the time, I remember I was working at FedEx, and my initial intent was, I'm going to work two months, and then I'm going to quit, because Christmas, it gets really busy at FedEx. <laughs> really, that was my thinking. And, and she didn't tell me this at the time. She told me after, but she goes, if you would have quit the job, I would have probably dumped you. I would have left you. Because to her, if you're the man, you got to have a good work ethic. Right. you got to be able to provide. Right. So I had to learn really quickly. And for me, that was a blessing because it set the course for that one area in my life where I didn't know how to manage it well. Uh, I found a great helper and a great teacher for that part of that. Anyone want to add anything else to this question? Uh, there are many blessings, um, but it is work, absolutely. So the next question is, how can you renew love that has faded in marriage? How can you renew a love that has faded in marriage? I think you have to go back to what the definition of love is in the first place. Love, you have to understand, is not a feeling, right? Love has to be more than that. So if your definition of love is wrong in the first place then it's going to trickle in all areas of your relationship. And I think, too, um, this is just my thoughts, but you as the person, if you're feeling it's fading, you need to get into the prayer closet. Because you can't come out of the prayer room thinking that you have your stuff all together. <laughs> God will show you what you need to work on and the things that you need to do to cultivate that culture of love in a relationship. Um, I agree. I would also say go back to the spot where you feel like it fell, like where you feel that the love faded out and find out what maybe made it fade out. Like whether it's the lack of communication because communication plays such a big part in a relationship. So maybe you put something else in front of that and you stopped communicating. So find that spot where you felt that the love stopped 
and go back and try to fix it with God's help, of course. Um, yeah, so I'd say love is something we do. It's an action. It's a verb, right? So it's, again, like you were saying, the feeling. Feelings come and go. So it's something that we continue to intentionally do. So for us, when we first start dating, when you're first married, it's easy. It's easy. You enjoy spending time with the person. There's all these fun emotions and feelings associated with it. And then life happens, and then that kind of fizzles away. So going even back to what would you do as a couple that allowed for that to happen, right? So I think a lot of parents and couples, we forget to date each other. We forget to communicate besides what's on the menu and did you make the lunches, you know, or the backpacks packed and everything. And so it's taking that time, even if it's only 10, 15 minutes a day, just to have the conversation between the two of you. And so. And I want to add to that too that, you know, back, if you think when you were dating, it's like you had no children, maybe you had no mortgage, maybe it was just work and then dating, right? So it was fairly simple. Um, but as life progresses, you get married, maybe you get a promotion at work, you have children, then you have the mortgage, then you have the car payments. Um, what, what happens is this, and the devil does have a strategy uh, that we talk about actually in Growth Track that if he can give you more and more stuff and then add to the mix problems that arise and, uh, and come up through whatever work or home, relationships, um, if he can keep you busy with stuff and problems, he can allow love to fade, which is why I believe even in our walk with God, Jesus said, return to your first love. So spiritually, we, we have that tendency that we're just busy with stuff and problems. And I think in, in our relationships, um, the same happens. And the devil knows it. So he, if he can keep your schedule, when I say stuff, it's not just acquiring things, but it's your calendar. If he can keep it filled with stuff, keep you busy. You know, once you have children, it gets pretty crazy. Soccer, swimming lessons. Oh, we want them to know how to skate too. Uh, we want music. Music's important to us. So now we've got to bring them to music lessons. Parents in the room, you're nodding because you understand the hustle and bustle. Uh, but if it's part of the devil's strategy that if he can keep you busy with stuff and problems, then those commitments begin to fade. The love becomes like we don't end up investing or working towards that, and it just begins to fade. So it's just a little heads up on that. Anyone want to add anything else to that? Okay, I know I'm aware of the time as well. Um, here's an interesting question that came in too. Can you unpack the phrase guarding your heart? Why is it important and practical ways that you can do it? I, if I can, I'll lead, on with, lead out with this one. Guarding your heart. Um, another way of, of that, saying that phrase is garden your heart. You know what it means when you're gardening, right? You're taking out weeds. You're keeping things clean and, and proper. So instead of guard, we think wall, guard your heart. And we build a wall and say no, no one else can come in. But I believe the actual um, phrase would be rendered garden or tend your heart. And what that would mean then is when a weed starts to grow, make sure you pluck it out. And so it's a constant awareness, not the idea of I'm going to build this big wall 
and then I'm just going to allow no one else to enter. Instead, it's no. You know, in, you know, with summer, the weeds just show up, even though I didn't plant weed seeds, <laughs> right? They just show up. They know if there's a little space, you know what, it shows up. And so I need to garden my heart. I need to take care of what's in my heart. Again, it's an area of my responsibility. The way I think about relationships, the opposite sex, it's part of gardening or guarding your heart. Um, and I think it's important because the Bible tells us to have pure hearts and clean hands. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important. But if some of you want to get a little more practical and, and say, how do we practically do that in life? I think a, a practical way for me um, in guarding my heart is who you surround yourself with. Right? Your sphere of influence will always have something to do with how you guard your heart. Right, and how you look at things. So if you're single and you have friends that are around you that compromise in certain areas when it comes to dating relationships, eventually, for example, that will rub off on you in some way, shape, or form. So your sphere of influence is important. When you're dating, your sphere of influence is important and helps guard your heart as well. And when you get into a married relationship, that is helpful as well. So who do you let into your circle is very crucial in helping you guard your heart. And I also think, too, just the things you fill yourself with every day, whether you're, what you're watching, what you're listening to, that kind of stuff affects you at some point. Awesome. Uh, what advice would you give for each stage of a relationship? For example, in singleness, in dating, and then even just plainly in friendship. What is some advice you'd give for each stage of the relationship? Well, the, the first phase you said was singleness, yeah. right? So I would say embrace whatever season you are in. Just embrace it. There are blessings with each um, season, which every phase, and even though we may not feel like it. Some people might th say, I'm single, I'm lonely. No, that's not true. It's, you have the opportunity to do that. We have constraints. You have the opportunity to accomplish things for the kingdom um, with nobody holding you back, right? So I think you need to embrace... The season that you're in, when you're when you're dating, when you're newly married, there's always something that um, you can accomplish that can't be done in a different phase. If that makes sense. Um, I would say when it comes to singleness, just just wait, just enjoy it. Like you said, like find out yourself, enjoy yourself, like find out who you are, grow deeper in God, because when you do those things, then you're gonna bless whoever you're with when you're dating, and then so on and so forth. But if you don't find yourself and embrace yourself, then how are you going to be able to give your all to that significant person that God has for you? So just enjoy it. It's, it's great. Marriage is great, but sometimes singleness is great too, you know? It's, it's a lot of responsibility to be with someone, so enjoy it. Milk it. It's, it's great. <laughs> so it was married like. Um, for each phase, especially if you're starting at the single stage, I would say work on your stuff, right? We all have baggage that we bring into any relationship, whether it's friends, dating, marriage. You're going to bring baggage. I always say, and I've learned in life, 
what size of baggage do you want to bring in that relationship? Small, medium, large, or extra large? You have a choice. You do. If you don't want extra large baggage, then don't bring extra large baggage into the relationship in any of them. Work on your stuff. Sometimes we were single and we have this mindset that we, if we pursue being married as the ultimate goal, it's going to fix everything. No. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to fix anything. In fact, it will just bring everything to the surface and it will make it harder. Work on your stuff now. And uh, what I just want to add to that is if you are single, right, chances are you're praying, God, give me this person and you wait and you watch and you pray and you watch and you pray and that's awesome and God will grant you the desires of your heart as you delight in him so that's an important thing now we do that a lot in the beginning but then we find that significant other and we still thank God then we get married right and then life happens as we say and maybe we're at that point and then it's like I can't stand you, right? And it's like what God, what you prayed and called a blessing, now you're calling it something else. <clears throat> and I just want to say this. If it started with Jesus, make sure it ends with Jesus. And what I mean by that is in your singleness, he's a part of the picture. He's a part of your life. In your dating, in marriage, he's a part of the picture. This is my advice in, the, in dating in marriage, he better be that third yeah. strand or cord. Yeah. A threefold cord is not easily broken, the Bible says. So it's important. If God was a part of the picture at the beginning of the process, make sure he remains a significant part throughout everything, even till the end of your age. So that's just what I would add to that in terms of advice. Okay, next question. Can you position yourself to be pursued? And then I'll add, there's another question we got. Is it okay for a girl to pursue a guy? And in brackets it said, in 2020. Yeah. So, um, so I'll, I'm not a female to be able to answer that. So I'll pass it over. Yes. Yes. Girl, go get them. If, you know, if God, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm all for like, you know what? If God told you that's the guy and he's taking his time, go for it. You know, like, there's no harm in it. I, I'm all for the girl going for it. Only if God tells you, though, right? So, but, yeah, I'm 100% for it. Can you position yourself to be pursued? Oh, I missed that whole part. I was all okay. for the girl power. Sorry. <laughs> um, I would say if you're pursuing, um, don't pursue. To be honest, don't be desperate. Right. Desperateness stinks. And I'm just speaking for me. When I was a single guy, you can smell a single, uh, a desperate person from a mile away, and it's not attractive. So I would say, if you want to be in a position of pursuing, being pursued, don't pursue, and don't aspire to be pursued. You know. So for females, don't show more skin or anything like that. Yeah. Just be you, yeah. and allow God to work on you. And it, when you when you least expect it, it will happen. But if you're constantly chasing after the idea yeah. of a relationship, of dating or marriage, you're missing the whole picture at the end of the day. So I would say if you're trying to be pursued, and I get it, I was a young adult once too, and your hormones are raging and everything, I get all that. But here's the deal. Don't 
compromise yourself and yeah. start doing anything and everything to, in hopes of because your parents say or this, there's this unspoken law that you have to be married or in a relationship by a certain time. No, just be you. Develop your relationship between you and God and enjoy the relationships you have that you're single. And in due time, if it's God's will, it will happen. Um, a few weeks ago, we were here for pre-service prayer and somebody had shared something and it really spoke to me. And in this person, and I hope I say this correctly, but the person said that Adam was busy doing what God had told him to do, mm-hmm. given the responsibilities. And God knew that Adam needed a helper, so God provided. And so this encouragement was to say, keep yourself busy doing the things of the Lord. He knows what you need, and he will provide for you. So I like, I like that idea. Like, just continue to keep your sight on him. Mm-hmm. It's not really fun to hear that or popular, but I think if you... Um, keep yourself busy doing the things of the Lord. He will provide for you when you need it and who you need it. Because we have a list. doesn't always mean it's what we actually need. Mm, sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. And just to I, add... Sorry, well, I, I know his list. So that's what I'm saying. It's not, you have a list. It doesn't mean it's always what you, you need. They don't have to drive standard. That was one of his lists. And just to add to... Looks will get you in the door of any relationship. Looks will get you there. And looks are important to a certain extent. You do have to look at each other, and you have to like what you see, what's in front of you. But it only gets you in the door. Your relationship with Christ, your character, your personality keeps you there. Right? So if anything, if you're basing everything, especially if you're single and you're pursuing on looks alone, I can guarantee you that your relationship will, is uh, starting off on the wrong foot. It will end on that same foot in which it started. We got another question. How do you find a godly person with the intention to get married? Christian Mingle? No, no, no I'm kidding. Don't use Tinder. Um, that was a joke. I would say that you have to pursue the heart of God um, my pastor growing up, Pastor David DiStallo, told me, watch and pray. And what he was referring to was the altar. He, he, he would say it, but he would point here. He says, if you're a young man, watch for that young lady who's, who's sensitive, whose heart is sensitive before the Lord. That's the kind of woman you want. Women, you want to find a guy who has a, a heart for the things of God equally as much. And uh, that leads to the next question, which is, um, what does it mean to be unequally yoked? Or if you want to answer it on the other side of that, what does it mean to be equally yoked? What does that look like? I think when we hear the term unequally yoked, we all think at a basis level of Christian and non-Christian. And I think being unequally yoked starts. But I also think just me personally, being unequally yoked has to do a lot with spiritual maturity, mental It's a compatibility thing. I, like, here's the thing. If um, you can be unequally yoked where, for instance, this is just an example, this is not for real, but Tasha could be, could be like a child, emotional, with her, like how she controls her emotions and everything, and I could be like a child, right? So if we're sitting there and we want to figure out something to watch on Netflix and we have a disagreement, she may be like, 
that's okay, for example. Where me, I may throw a temper tantrum. I don't for real. But I'm just saying, in that instance, we are unequally yoked. So unequally yoked goes far beyond just Christian and non-Christian, but I think it also has to just do with maturity, spirituality, and just goes down. I just wanted to add, even uh, to be equally yoked, even with doctrine, because uh, I had an, uh, an opportunity to be with someone, and he had a different view on the Holy Spirit. So initially, you know, doesn't seem like something that might be big, but if you believe in speaking in tongues, if you believe in using those giftings, and the other person doesn't, it's going to cause some conflict, where eventually someone compromises, sorry, their, their beliefs. So even just, just doctrine, I'd say. Yeah, the, the example that I like to think of is uh, I speak English, French, and Italian by nature of being born in Quebec into an Italian home, and Priscilla speaks English and French. But that's too complicated, so let me take it down one more level, right? I speak English and French, Priscilla just speaks English, right? I moved to Ontario, married Priscilla, which language do you think improved in my life? English or French? English. English, right? In the same way, when you partner your life with someone and it's un, you're unequally yoked, that I'm spirit and I'm flesh, right? But she's only flesh. Which one's going to grow inside of me? The flesh. The spirit's going to get uh, quenched and starved. And, and I'm going to just operate in this one level. Now, many of us, we call it maybe missionary dating, or you're hoping that God will use you to win them over to Christ, and, and that's very ambitious, and it's, it's a good posture of the heart, perhaps, but when it comes to relationships, you don't want to mess around, and, and you want to be God-honoring, and if God's going to bring you the right person, then let him. And, and too many times we try to do it on our own strength and in our own selves. So um, for me, this is an important understanding that we speak the same language spiritually. We, we, we're on the same level. So I have a level of faith. She has a like level of faith. Because I don't have to spend a lot of time pulling Priscilla up to my level of faith. When you marry someone, even if you both love Jesus, but you're very different in your beliefs and in your relationships with God, guess what? It's going to be, you're going to spend more time trying to bring this person up than just doing the work of the kingdom. And so it's really important uh, to understand that, unequally yoked. The, the idea is of the oxen, right? Having that, that piece of wood that would join them. If one's stronger, it's going to pull it to one side. So you need to both have the same strength, be walking so that you get the job done successfully. You're going in one line, one purpose, one mission, one vision. Um, time permits for probably one last question. And I want to end with this because I think it's very practical. But what are some resources that are available today but also that have helped um, in your relationships to grow, whether they're books, podcasts, uh, speakers that we could find on YouTube, like some resources that we can really be practical and send our church away with to, to grow in this area of relationships. 
Oh, no, that's fine. Uh, so for, for us in our household, we use a lot of resources from Focus on the Family, something that I grew up with, and so we still use that even with our parenting. Our children receive their magazine. So I, I appreciate Focus on the Family's ministry. Each, of you, each and every one of you have access to Right Now Media. They have great resources. I would recommend them for you as a family. And I think um, another resource that I have been enjoying is the podcast from Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. And then when I was thinking about this question too, I thought we have such great opportunities at church, such as with this meeting, uh, this um, A Day for a Better Us. And when I thought about it, really the greatest resource that I could have is to have examples within the church. Like, we, we need, as a couple, we need other couples to pour into us. We need other godly examples to, to see as well. So, really, it's great to say this resource, that book, this. But really, I, for me, the most effective is seeing people in the church who have done it and are doing it successfully. Mm-hmm. So, that for me is... No, I, I second that. Um, for me... What Priscilla said, I echo that 110% because um, my family background, the recipe for marriage was not good at all. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I shouldn't be married and we shouldn't have kids if I just went by the recipe of how my family went. So having those examples uh, in church and being able to build that relationship helps a lot. I had to learn different patterns, so that helps, but it takes work. And so for us, a couple of things that have helped us, um, we have a book that we've read and we'll reread again called uh, You and Me Forever by Francis and Lisa Chan. That's helped us a lot. Um, That's been a huge inspiring. Uh, Men are like, uh, or women are like spaghetti. Men are like waffles. That's a great book. If you want to understand one another, that's helped us huge. there's one I'm reading right now called uh, I Love You and I Like You. <laughs> and it's actually a great book because sometimes we separate loving someone from liking them, right? And you have to love your spouse, but you also got to like your, your spouse, your significant other as well. So those are some things we've just been using. Um, another one that I got when we first got married was The Power of a Praying Wife and The Power of a Praying Husband. They were like fantastic because I thought I knew how to pray for my husband, you know, all these things, but there's other areas where I'm like, oh, I didn't think of praying that for him or um, reaching out to him in that sort of way. So that really helped us. Um, Another one, and I echo what you say, is where um, when we first got married, it was so important to find a couple who has been through a lot because first, I'm going to even say first five years of marriage was rough. It's hard because you're you're living with someone you'd never lived with before and oh man it's like a whole different species over here so it was it was hard but <laughs> still is but um, it's important to connect with people and for them to help you and encourage you and tell you that's normal it's normal to not like them it's normal to be annoyed by them almost all the time so it's normal so it, it was nice to know because you know you think you're failing so it's so important to connect with people and just have that um, connection and that mentor, especially in the church. And I just want to add this that I don't know. Did you mention Right Now Media? Yeah. You did. So Right Now Media uh, is something that our church 
provides to anyone who comes to Weston. You can find it on our church website. I can't remember which tab, but if you find, you'll find it right now media. You click it, you fill it out, and you have access. It's like the Christian version of Netflix. And there's tons of marriage stuff, relationship stuff. From uh, One of the ones that come to mind are Les and Leslie Parrott. Mm-hmm. It's a couple that uh, yep. teach on marriage and relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their content is fantastic. And I highly encourage you, you can go home today, create your account if you've never done it. Mm-hmm. And you could literally sit there as a husband and a wife and watch these resources. There's tons of parenting stuff. There's stuff for children. Um, we... we like Superbook, all these McGee and Me things that I watched growing up, they have them for our kids. And so I get to relive my childhood even sometimes um, through Right Now Media with our kids. So I think it, uh, the excuse of I have no resources or no help um, is an old one. Yes. And I think yeah. that God has equipped us as the church to have every uh, access to every kind of tool to be successful in this area of, of relationships. And I want to say this and keep reminding us, listen, there's some assembly required. That's right. Relationships are not easy. We said it. They're, they take work and intentionality, but there's some assembly required. We got to continually look at it and work on it. And I believe God, as we do that, he honors us in our relationships with one another. And so the way we want to end today is, I've asked Pastor Miguel to pray over um, anyone who's single in the room. I'm not saying, like, come to the front. We're going to lay hands, like, maybe hold hands with someone, guys with girls. No. Just that Pastor Miguel would pray over you. If you're in this season, it's not a bad season. But we, we want you to understand that. And if Pastor Miguel, you'd pray. And then I'm going to pray over couples here in the room today. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity here today. And I pray for anyone that's in this room that is single, that Lord is trying to pursue a significant other. I pray that, Father God, that that would not be the goal for them. I pray that, Lord, that they wouldn't be distracted by that. While that is everything that they do and not worry so much about when am I going to get married and can I just date, I just ask that, Father, that you would give them the wisdom that they need, that you would give people to come alongside them and then to sense when the time is right. Lord God, to meet the right person. So I just pray that, Lord, that they wouldn't just focus, their eyes wouldn't be so focused on just hooking up, but, Lord, they would be focused on connecting with you. And I just pray for blessing upon them. I pray that, Lord, I come against the lie where they feel, you know, that speaks to them, that would say that they're less than because they're not in a dating relationship or they're not married. That is not true. In fact, your word said, Paul said it would be better in one sense, if you were single, so you can do more for the kingdom. So I pray that, Lord, that you would open doors for them, that they would be so focused on you that they would not be focused on this, and this would just be a byproduct of a blessing, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. And Father, even now, we pray for every couple that's here or who will maybe listen to this one day on the podcast. And Father, your word says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So God, may we not call bad what you've called good. And Father, I pray that uh, if there be any relationships here that are struggling today, that Father, you would just help them to look past themselves And Father, to look to you for help. Lord, there are so many other ways of getting help as well. But Father, we have to keep you in the picture. Lord, I pray for humility in relationships. Lord, I pray that we would seek to serve the other. 
first. And Father, we would continue to honor you in everything we say and in the way that we act. And Father, I just pray this year, in 2020, that you would do something incredible, Lord, in each and every home. I don't want to put a limit and and say what, but God, I just want to ask that you would just do a mighty work. Strengthen families, I pray. Strengthen husbands and wives. Lord, Where maybe they're together, but the relationship has been broken, and it's been broken a long time. Father, I pray that you would restore, that you would bring your healing, and Father, that we would give you the honor and the glory. This is a year of miracles. And Father, I pray that we would see miracles in the home, that we would see miracles in the relationships that we have. And Father, most importantly, that, Lord, you would get the glory out of all of this. Lord, may every couple rightly reflect your glory to this world. Lord, this is such an incredible gift that you've given each and every person as husband and wife, the gift of marriage and spending their lives together And Lord, I pray that as our marriages are strengthened, that Lord, we would then be able to be an example to the younger generations that would be getting married under us. So Father, I thank you that every generation needs the generation that's gone before, that we could learn and that we can glean from. So Lord, we thank you. We ask your blessing now as we go into our week. And Lord, though the service is over, church is not. Because we're the church wherever we go. Help us to shine that light and to be the difference in the room wherever we find ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.